0: It's been a whole month, but can you remember the theme for 2024? You can. Well done. Refreshing wells. The reality, as we saw last time, is that we leak and we empty and we get squeezed dry like a sponge. Without spiritual water, we, we die spiritually. We become weak and weary, lackluster and lifeless. We default to that religious hamster wheel. The flip, of course, is that God's plan for us is rivers of living water. Overflowing life, fullness and abundance and inspiration and ultimately fruitfulness. Reminded me of Psalm 1, verse 3. Like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Does that sound good? So the purpose of refreshing, therefore, if I need to remind you, is to provide a monthly opportunity to refill and to refresh, to soak and to rest in the Spirit, an opportunity to take your cares and your issues and your passions to the Lord and ultimately to take a long and refreshing drink from the river of life. Does that sound good? Anyone feeling a little thirsty tonight? Okay, so to that end, uh, as I said, in 2024, um, Psalms, the book of Psalms is this treasure trove of, of untapped Wells and I said each month we're going to take one and we're going to squeeze it, squeeze it for spiritual life and for inspiration, looking for nourishment and encouragement. I started in January with Psalm 23, tonight is part two and there's a danger that Psalm 23 might take a while, it's so good. Let me read it just to to refresh you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk... I had to choose the verse with yea. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, there's nothing there for a whole year of refreshings to be honest we'll see how we do, quick recap from last time Psalm 23 is a message from the good shepherd to his sheep. And the headline, as we saw last time, is, is if you let him lead, he will take you to all the places he promises in Psalm 23. Green pastures, still waters, paths of righteousness. Last time we dug into... Uh, the first part of verse 3, which says, I will restore your soul. Tonight we're going to look at verses 4 and 5a, which says, This yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Before I get into that. <laughs> Another point that I made last time, if you can remember, is this. God is not the only one trying to shepherd you. There are other competing candidates. Your flesh, the world, the devil. And they are tugging in very different directions. Leading you away from green pastures. And still waters and paths of righteousness. Essentially, they're trying to lead you away from faith and towards fear. And as we know, the enemy loves fear. He loves inducing it. He loves magnifying it. He loves leveraging it. It's his favorite game. It's his most effective tool. There are plenty of of potential fears available. Here's a list of some of the leading candidates. How about this list? The fear of rejection, of abandonment, fear of intimacy, on one hand, fear of commitment, fear of being alone, fear of failure, fear of authority, the fear of losing control fear of death, fear of lack, fear of bad news, fear of public embarrassment, three of my tagged on the end, claustrophobia, fear of the dark, and every British person's favorite, the fear of spiders. Any of those ring any bells? Any of those touching any nerves? You know without doubt, the enemy has tried to throw several of those your way, perhaps with more success than you would like. But here's today's message. Here is the good news: With the shepherd in his rightful role, in his rightful place, you need fear, no evil. I looked up the Hebrew word for no. And guess what it means? It means no. (laughs) It means not, nothing, nada, nothing. What does Psalm 23 say? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies kind of for the for the meat part of the, of the message tonight I want to look at three defenses that the shepherd provides and the three defenses are the rod and his staff and a table. I'm trying to visualize how God would use a de- table to defend you but it doesn't qu- work quite like that. So think back into the biblical era imagine a shepherd if you will uh, the rod and staff were essential tools. they used to lead and guide and protect the flock in that shepherd's care. The rod was a long and slender stick with, with, a, with a knob at one end. I, I picture on my head the, the, the kind of king's scepter. And in fact, if you look up the Hebrew word, quite often the word rod is translated scepter through the Old Testament. So that's a rod of staff, was longer and, and thinner, and it had this kind of hooked crook at, at one end. If, if you look that word up, you'll find that David used his crook to select the five smooth stones that he had lined up for Goliath's forehead. So a rod well, was a symbol or is a symbol of authority and protection. Micah 6 verse 9, listen, the Lord is calling to the city and to fear your name is wisdom. Heed the rod and the one who appointed it. So the shepherd would use the the rod to count and to inspect his sheep. He would use it perhaps most significantly to defend against predators, to fend off wild animals uh, and therefore to protect the weak and vulnerable. That's the rod. On the other hand, the staff. The staff was an instrument of guidance and comfort. Micah 7 verse 14. O Lord, protect your people with your shepherd's staff. Lead your flock, your special possession. And so the shepherd would use uh, his staff to to help navigate rough terrain. uh, Leading and guiding and keeping his sheep safe. It enabled the shepherd to, to gently lift a wayward sheep out of a dangerous or precarious situation. And it therefore became a symbol of, of, of tender pastoral care. If you, if you look at the paintings of ancient shepherds, nearly every time in their hand they had that shepherd. Psalm 23 says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So for us, in our ongoing battle against fear, the rod is a symbol of authority and power, an instrument of divine protection. When we think about about the rod, we're reminded that Christ won a total and decisive victory upon the cross. We're reminded that the enemy is under his feet and that the head has delegated that authority to his body. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans eight thirty-seven. but in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. James 4, verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So our first defense against fear is knowing the authority that you have in Christ. Your your position under the shadow of his wing. That you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, Psalm 91. So never forget, you are under the divine protection of your shepherd and because of that rod because of that victory and that authority fear has been disempowered Romans eight fifteen: for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba father 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 these are famous verses for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And the second defense against fear is the start The staff is there to gently and skillfully guide us as we navigate the challenges and complexities of life. It provides a stability and assurance, direction and correction that we long for on our journey. It signifies the the shepherd's watchful eye and his ability to lead us away from harm it's crucial that we understand that God will never lead you into fear. Fear is always the insidious work of the stranger, the one who comes to steal your peace and your joy. And we therefore must must make sure that we always stay within reach of that staff and yield whenever it gently warns or corrects or redirects it would always lead you to safety and away from the thing that you fear. Which leads us to the third defense. I will fear no evil for you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. A table represents eating together. It symbolizes intimacy and Friendship and fellowship. A strong reminder that God has said, never will I leave you nor forsake you. That nothing can separate you from his love. If God be for us, who can be against us? The good news, I want you to know where it is exactly that God prepares that table in this psalm. He doesn't prepare us a table in the church. But when you're worshiping and his glory is all around, it's not when you're safely surrounded by friends and family, it's not at peace times, it's not in your comfort zone. What does it say? God prepares a table in the presence of my enemies, right where it's hardest and bleakest and darkest. Right in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the fire. In that place, God is calling you to his table. He's calling you to intimacy. To the shadow of his wing. To the secret place of the Most High. Isaiah 43 verse 1. Grace read this morning, if I recall. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, I've heard heard people talking about about dark seasons in their life where, where God just seemed to be absent. And I'm sympathetic with that, of course, but it just does not line up with Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5. Which says, even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The implication is, when it's darkest and toughest and bleakest and driest, that is the very place that God prepares a table. And here's another thought for you. If the enemy tries to pull up a seat at that table, tell him, get behind me, Satan. He is simply not welcome. Don't let you fool him into thinking his presence at that table is normal or justifiable or to be expected. Don't let him fool you into thinking fear is normal and justifiable and to be expected remember that snake stream message I preached last summer the the point is it's me and the Lord at this table the stranger is not welcome his interference is not welcome and his fears are most certainly not welcome let's summarize all that the authority and power represented by the rod is available to chase fear away. The comforting and guiding function of that staff reminds us we have a shepherd to lead us to safety. And the table speaks of God present. Intimacy in turbulence. Assurance in anxiety. God with you in the fire so the moral is right back to Psalm 23 verse 1 let God be your shepherd let him use that staff to reach up and pull you away from fear and towards security, safety remember the authority of the rod to resist and stand against and to rebuke fear in its many forms And you can know that even in the presence of your enemies, the enemies of fear, the enemy of anxiety, the enemy of insecurity, even in the middle of that, God is with you, and God is in you, and God is for you. That's the theory. (laughs) I am well aware that everyone has fears. Some of you are are tested by it, others are tormented by it. We all know the theory, and yet fear still bites more often than we'd like. And the plan this evening as we, we head towards response is to give everyone the opportunity to take their personal fears and anxieties to the Lord. And in a minute, we're going to have a time of extended, in a few minutes, don't get your hopes too high. In a few minutes, we'll have an extended time of worship where you can pray, where you can receive prayer ministry, where you can listen for that whisper, where you can simply sing along and feed your faith. But, but I want to give a little bit of direction to that first. Let me ask a big question. Don't do all shout out at once. What is it that you fear and why? What is it that you fear and why? And how does any of that change in the light of Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5? God's rod, His staff that table. I started, didn't I, with quite a long list of fears. To which of those are you vulnerable? Where exactly does the enemy attack you? And then are you ready to use Psalm 23 to take those fears on and to take those fears out? And as I prepared for this and I prayed about it, I felt led to focus on one particular fear really quickly. Because this one is at the root of many others. And it's the fear of rejection. I'm pretty sure that's at the root of the fear of abandonment, fear of loneliness, fear of intimacy, fear of approval addiction fear of comparison fear of rejection as I think about it is a deep and layered and complex fear it's a fear that undermines our relationships that plagues our thoughts that keeps us from wholeness and that stops us from pressing into what God has for us and in reality reality is that for many their confidence has been shattered it's been shattered by broken relationships it's been shattered by abuse it's been shattered by curses and it's left deep wounds that keep coming back to haunt us they fear rejection because they have been rejected end up with this self-fulfilling prophecy that hurting people hurt people. And round the cycle we go. Talk about the damaging effects for a second. I think they're on the screen there. Of the fear of rejection. What does it cause us to do? It makes us inadvertently self-protect. We hedgehog. We just curl up into a little ball. And get all of our spikes out to protect ourselves. We hedgehog, we lash out, and what happens? It just makes it worse. It further deepens then, as people react to that self-protection, it further deepens that sense of rejection. And so to avoid hurt, what do you do? You hide. You won't step out. You refuse to take a risk just in case. You won't form new relationships. You won't attempt to repair an old one. And if you have this root of rejection, you really, really struggle with trust. You won't let other people help you or love you or speak into your life. And that lack of trust maps itself then most dangerously onto our relationship with the Lord. And we close our heart, more of that self-protection. We we shut the door. We even keep Him at arm's length. And of course the cycle goes round and round. The result of all of that is yet more stress and anxiety, cycles of guilt and shame. Quite possibly physical effects like, like headaches and insomnia. Now, before we go into effect, I, I want to say none of those statements are meant or intended in any way as a judgment. I get it. My parents divorced when I was four years old. All wrestling with stuff like this good news is that Jesus, the great shepherd, he gets it to him. So let's take it to the Lord today. Whether it is the fear of rejection, or one of its teammates, or any one of those cold and clammy fears, don't hide tonight, take it to the Shepherd how can we apply Psalm 23 to that fear, particularly that fear of rejection? First, please know the Lord's heart for you. He is your shepherd. He is the one who has and is all that you could possibly need. And his purpose for you is green pastures. It is still waters. It is paths of righteousness. He wants, he genuinely wants to to restore your soul. And he has given you three strong defenses against fear. He's given you three strong defenses against the fear of rejection. need any other fear on that list? Number one is, is the rod. It's the revelation of your authority. Number two, the staff. It's, it's the safety and security of his leading. And thirdly, the table. It's an awareness of his presence. Do you know what? It's time to rise up and say to fear, no more. It's time to recognize his lordship, acknowledge his victory, and choose today to step under the shadow of his wing. It's time to take a stand. It's time to take possession of the victory that is yours. The victory that Christ won for you. And it's time to step into that delegated authority and wave that rod right at that fear. And secondly, our second prayer tonight I think is, Lord, I let you in to heal my heart. Lord, only you know the root. Only you really have the power. Only you can truly restore my soul and heal that wound. Only you can really deeply satisfy that longing for acceptance. Thirdly, it's time for you to let him in. And shut the enemy out. Say this, Lord, you are my shepherd and he is my enemy. Refuse to give the enemy a seat at your table. Recognize that at every turn, even when it's darkest, bleakest and hardest, God is there for you time for a get thee behind me Satan moment. You know what that is? Sometimes you just need one of those. It's time to resist. It's time to rebuke. It's time to rise up and say no more. Psalm 23 verse 4. Yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.